A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Welcome to Work Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Our weekly agenda includes addressing some audience questions and taking on a few issues from the internet. But first... Time for the daily stand-up, Derek. I, I'm sorry. I, what, what did you say your name was again? I said my name was Frank Eastman. Okay. Uh, okay, now I remember. It's just been so long since we worked together that... It's been... I'm starting, I'm starting to, to forget the little people. I, I understand that, Derek. I often forget the little people, and uh, I know that you've moved to bigger and better things. I have. Uh... Audience, my 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 beautiful people, uh, I have once again for <laughs> count it the second time since starting this podcast. I have moved to a new job, and I'm very happy for that. This is this is onwards and upwards type stuff, not necessarily <laughs> get the fuck out lest you be removed from the building type of thing. Um, so it was it's a good thing, uh, but but once again. Frank and I are no longer co-workers. I know. It, it seems like as often as we get together, we, we're split apart by fate and happenstance, Derek. Uh, what, was that, what was that dumbass Hancock movie about? Uh, about like the two gods that are always drawn together, but then like bad shit ha- starts happening. That's kind of like us. Like, yeah. obviously, I'm, I'm the, the Will Smith here, and you are the uh, uh, Charlize Theron, which, you know... You could do a lot worse to be compared with. So yeah, I mean, uh, I think we're is, both winning here. This is literally the first time I have ever been in any way, <laughs> shape, or form compared to Charlize Theron. <laughs> with the exception of the, you know, somebody postulating how many Charlize Therons you could eat. Yeah, and it was it was a higher number than I thought. But uh, yeah, I mean, Charlize is not necessarily a large person. No, no, not at all. But okay, now Frank Eastman, Frank Eastman. Okay, got it, got it. I, I've got, I just had to re- rejuvenate the the brain meat a little bit, and now I remember who who you are, so we can get to the daily stand up. Excellent. Uh, since you've since you have left, Derek, woe has befallen me. It it's like I have been cursed <laughs> by you no uh-huh. longer being in my life on a daily basis. It's it you you no longer have your uh your lightning rod, um I don't for bad things to happen to. I spent all that time getting all that bad juju spinning up and uh-huh. moving in your direction, and then you neatly dodged aside by moving jobs. <laughs> and no uh, one's moved it, into it just... your desk to to you know be the target for that gregory that I've got stapled under the the chair. Right, so it's just kind of blasting you full in the face right now. I know. 
So the other day I was sitting watching some television about 9.30 at night. Okay. And I hear a crack followed very rapidly by the whole fucking house shaking and the power going out. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I knew exactly what happened when it happened. Like, I went, well, shit, one of the big fuck-off trees in the backyard uh-huh. has decided to give up the ghost. <laughs> Those fuck-off trees have fucked right off. Oh, boy. Well, it, not not off. On. On. <laughs> on. <laughs> on to my house. Uh-huh. So I I step outside, and it has just center mass right down the middle. Like, it is difficult for it to have better hit my house such that it could bisect the house. The good news is no one was injured, and the tree itself didn't penetrate the living space. So I was like, Uh all right, cool. I I guess this tree didn't do that much damage. Except the tree goes from the backyard all the way across the house and the top branches sheared off in my front yard. That that is a decent that's a decently tall tree to be just laying across your house. Yeah, I mean it stretches all the way across my house plus the distance it had to get, you know, across the backyard to get there. So this is a huge, huge tree. Right. And and I was I was just like, well, okay, I guess I guess it must have it had gotten caught up in the power lines. So when I when I stepped out onto my back porch to survey the damage, I stepped out over the power lines and went, hmm, that's that's not great. That's I want to I to discuss something for a second. In the history of the podcast, has anything good ever started with? And I walked out onto my back deck. No, like in no. your in your history specifically, like you had the 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 poo getting slung on you. You had uh, walking into a spider web, I believe. Yep. Uh, you had nearly getting blown up by a grill at some point, I believe. Yep. Uh, and and now you have you know nearly getting electrocuted by power lines. Either there's a really lazy assassin or that one particular spot in your backyard is the worst luck possible for you. We need to yeah. figure out which one. I've, I've pissed off a relatively minor deity. It's got enough juice. <laughs> it's got enough juice to do for me, but it can only do for me in my backyard. <laughs> and well, I, so, I mean, you know, somewhat, somewhat limited in scope, but uh, boy... If you come through there, <laughs> your life's going to be hard. Yeah, I, I had better not set foot in my own goddamn backyard because it is it is there to take me out. I mean, I didn't when I owned a when I owned a home for like three and a half years. I think I went in the backyard. I mean, I mowed it every two to three weeks, but with the exception of those things, I never went in my backyard, and I was. Frankly, I was better for it. Like there was, there's nothing back there for me. Like there's, there's, I'm rapidly coming to the conclusion that I'm condo people. (laughs) Not apartment people because that that's renting and possibly wasting your money. Yeah. I don't know people. I don't know if I deserve a house. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) I'm going to put that out there. Like, 
I I don't have the appropriate skills and desires mm-hmm. for home ownership. I think I'm just ill-suited. And unfortunately, it's one of those things like finding out that you're not a good parent, that you don't necessarily find that out until it's too late to do anything about it. It's like, hmm, I'm not very good at this whole parenting thing, I have found out, now that I've become a parent. Well, I mean, uh, you know, my my first thought was like, okay, so with parenting, you know, you could babysit, you can see how much you like the kids. Or not the kids. Like, you can't have that one. Like, you typically, you do have to go pick another child uh, to become a parent. Um, you don't normally steal the ones you babysit for. Uh, but as far as, like, homeownership, I was about to say, oh, well, you could just rent. But, like, it doesn't quite do the same thing. Even if you rent a house, you can see shit, like, falling apart and, like, all the bad stuff happen. But a lot of times when you rent a house, like... Somebody is still going to come and fix everything for you. So I think what they need is they need a short term, like, what's, what's a good, what's a good thing for this? Uh, it, it's literally a, a home that you can rent for two to three months and you do everything for it. Maybe you just need a, a maybe you just need one with like a really lazy, crappy landlord. That like is not yeah, gonna fix anything. Gonna say, you have to pay for everything. <laughs> what you're talking about is an apartment. But well, it, no, it's, no, no, it's more like I think if you had an apartment where every once in a while someone would just knock on the door and and they could just pretend. They could just say, like, hey, I'm the sewer main and it's backed up. That's gonna be six hundred and fifty <laughs> bucks. And then they just take just, your money. And you're like, <laughs> oh, Okay. Uh, just people come to your door every so often and just just take your take your money. And it's like, really for the experience. You're like, oh, I'm getting the true homeowner experience where just every once in a while there's a knock on the door and out of the blue something reaches into my pocket and takes the money out of it. <laughs> I was going to say that, that essentially uh, the way it actually feels to own a home, uh, especially when there's a problem, is it, you open the door and somebody just lightly like – taps you in the groin like just like (laughs) that is a much more uh visceral but accurate sensation i think it's like getting mugged often (laughs) but but you signed the papers that made it happen yeah you signed up for this you were you like (laughs) there was a waiver they were like would you like with or without regular muggings and you were like you know what i live for the adventure Every once in a while, have someone pull me into a dark alley and beat the shit out of me and take my money. That sounds great. Because if you, if you don't have that from time to time, like you'll you'll start like not cherishing life. You'll get too comfortable. You'll but get then weak. once you you'll get weak. Absolutely. So the tree falls on my house. Like that's that's pretty not cool. On the whole, that's not a good thing to happen. I'm like, mm, yeah. I would have rather that. On the whole or on the house. It's not a yeah. good thing to happen. I'd rather that hadn't happened, but I guess it's happened. <laughs> In the co- If we had to pick a column between wish it would have happened and wish it wouldn't have happened, solidly in the wish it wouldn't have happened column. It takes them 12 hours to get the power back on because this thing took mm-hmm. out all the power stuff. It took out the lines and I think it damaged a couple of other things. <laughs> The whole neighborhood was without power for 12 say, hours. 
Can you be a little more specific? Took out all the power stuff. It was as if a giant tree just yanked <laughs> all of the power lines to the ground instantly. So not not a good thing. The, the tree said, you shall not have Netflix this day. Yeah. It takes them 12 hours to get the power on. Power comes back on. Everything is running okay. I've put into the insurance. And mm-hmm. they've got folks coming out. The claim is getting started. I'm like, okay, I, this this we can handle. It'll be all right. It's It sucks. The next day, my air conditioner dies. Oh, no. Completely unrelated. Was, was that related? I was Nope. <laughs> Not in any way, shape, or form related. <laughs> Just, it got hot. I turned on the AC, and the AC was like, mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is fine. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's all what you did to, to the house. And it's like, well, I, that's, that's coming for me next. I might as well go ahead and just give it up. Then, literally three days after, the internet dies. For, for like the better part of a week. Oof. Because when the tree fell... It yanked the fiber line. Like, the tree didn't fall on the fiber line, but one of the branches of the tree, like, just kind of just caught snagged it. and pulled real hard. And it yeah. didn't snap and fiber the fiber. line is, yeah, fiber line is not super durable. No. That's a matter of course. It According to the tech who finally came out to fix it, he found that, like, the junction box up there had been yanked off the pole. And essentially... Ooh, wow. It, what it looked like is it had it had mostly broken the optical line, but there was like just a little bit of fiber bundle left that was still running data to the house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, redundancy was well enough that I didn't really notice any degradation in signal until like an errant butterfly fart came by and snapped <laughs> that last glass thread. <laughs> at which point the internet just stopped working. And then I had to get them out to fix that. But yeah, over the course of like four days. Of all your problems, I would call that the most pressing. Because um, AC, like, you got the fridge. You can mostly get by with uh, you know, leaving the fridge out or leaving the fridge open. Um, you know, I, uh, okay, okay, let me No, Power is the worst. Power is the worst because it takes out the AC, the fridge, and and the internet. But if we're mm-hmm. excluding power, then then yes, tree falling on house, not so good. Uh, AC going out, not so good. Internet going out, end of the world. I mean, yeah, like I, this has to be fixed, and it has to be fixed now. It was out for see, it was I, out for a while. See, I with with all the plumbing problems that you have discussed in this podcast, I was pretty sure that the way that the, that the house was going to take you out was going to be like. Like just ru- erupting in like a geyser of poo. Like <laughs> I thought, I thought we were gonna get one of those cartoon style geysers, just like erupting from from underneath your house and you know, blasting you guys off into space. But um, I should have been looking a little more, little more terrestrial. You know, at least you got away with no penetration. And that that is important. Would you uh, <laughs> like to get to an audience question, Derek? Yes, please. I work in an office on a team of about 10 people, and recently we outgrew our area 
and were moved to a new section of the building. In our new area, some of the cubicles are dimly lit, and some are right next to these big floor-to-ceiling windows. The cubicles next to the windows are bathed in bright sunlight all morning. While we were trying to decide who would get which cubicle, our boss walks up and proudly declares that I will get the most hotly contested cubicle, the one with the most direct sunlight, as a oh, reward no. for all of my hard work. My teammates agreed, and everyone started merrily moving my things into the cubicle. The problem is that I hate the sun. I can't stand direct sunlight on my monitor while I'm working, and I typically avoid the outdoors at all costs. So I'm quite pale. I don't want my team or my boss to think I'm ungrateful for them giving me the best cubicle, but I certainly want to switch to one of the darker cubes. How do I convince someone to swap seats with me without leaving hurt feelings? From Cubicle Crisis in Cottondale. Mm. Uh, first of all, I will say them labeling it as a reward, I think is, is disingenuous because I, I cannot imagine anybody doling out the brightest seat and saying, here is your just reward. Unless they said it ironically. I mean, like, I've, I've actually seen this exact thing happen and I'm, I'm in the same box as, as this, uh, cubicle crisis in Cottondale. I right. want a nice dark cube. I'm naturally a cave dweller of some sort. Like mm-hmm. natural sunlight mm-hmm. is my enemy. Yeah, and, and I, we were, I agree with that. We were moving teams around and there was like a couple of cubes that were right next to some really big windows and people were, were fighting over who got to have them. They were like, I'm, I'm the most senior. I should be able to get this cube that's next to the window. And I'm like, I can be magnanimous here and and let you have that. <laughs> uh, Behold how kind I am. So I think that's that's maybe oh. what this guy this what this what we do here is that I think so. Yeah, you've got to put on your your magnanimous selfless righteous person hat and say no, no. I I couldn't possibly I couldn't possibly take this cube. I think, I think that Jonathan should have the cube. I'll, I'll be banished to the dark zone now. Because I'm a servant leader. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that, that sounds correct, if not just a touch melodramatic. Like, you know... I, I think you could probably lay it on a little less thick than the I will go into this this darkness alone. I, I I think you're right. I think that I think you can spin this and 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 give it away to somebody who who might actually want it, or <laughs> if there are more multiple people that that want it, uh, give it to the one that is most. Um, politically advantageous to you. Mm. So, so I find see. the person because I mean, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like everybody in this like team considers this. Oh, yay! The sunlight one is the sunlight one is the best spot. Like, 
because if they didn't, um, I mean, they, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot to play here because we're assuming that yes, they want, they think it's the best spot, and yes, they like them. It could be the exact opposite. They could know that it's a bullshit spot, and and they don't like this person, uh, and yeah. <laughs> they they are happy punishing them and sticking them in the. Uh, the cube with the most sun damage. Like, I, I can't tell which is which. Hmm. I mean, the only, let's see, if we're, if we're going in that direction, how do you get out of this then? Cause it's, it's too late now to get back into the boss's good graces. Obviously you've pissed him off real bad, but he has already declared that you get the good seat. And the good is is like with with quotes around it, quotes, lots of heavy quotes. heavy irony. Because <laughs> hmm. I was thinking, like, if we if it was contested, this is the point to roll the golden apple in and just say whoever shall be the best software developer take it this seat. Just kind of plunk <laughs> that into the middle and. Watch them, you know, go at each other for for a couple of days, trying to trying to determine who gets the best seat. And to what end, though? Like, is it just for your amusement to see people fight over something, or is it to actually find out who is the greatest? Don't diss my hobbies, Derek. <laughs> it did sound like like it, it wasn't a means to an end. It did sound like that's just what you wanted. You just want to see people fight, right? <laughs> All these, all these like weak bone structure, delicate musculature, <laughs> office people fighting against each other. It could be fun. Like it's that's that's good primetime television. So so I I agree. Like I I think that I think you you're in a tough spot. So they either by kindness or by malice they have decided this is your spot. So I think we need to go we need to go medical on this one. I think you need to. <sighs> To find yeah. somebody that you trust in the medical field and uh, have them give you a vitamin D test and uh, it'll really crank those numbers up to show that you have an abundance, an overabundance of vitamin D. Because uh, then, being in the sun all the time, it would be unhealthy for you. <laughs> so you show up with your fake test results and you say, I'm sorry, boss, but like... I need to be away from the sun. Like I have too much sun, too much vitamin D. I'm sorry. And uh, I'm Nosferatu. <laughs> if, yes. If your, if your friend could sign a medical affidavit saying you are Nosferatu, that would, that would short circuit a lot of things, to be honest. I'm a creature of Not, the night. I can't help myself. I, I cannot sit in direct sunlight. And, and then when I, when I drink the blood in, in, in the refrigerator that was left clearly for Claudia, um, it's just my nature. I'm sorry. I can't leave fresh human blood in the fridge. I mean, or hot pockets. <laughs> Claudia, the giant leech lady should know <laughs> Claudia to Leachman. better label. Yeah. Claudia Leachman should know to better label her stuff. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought that, I mean, just just writing, you know, AB positive on your on your blood bag is not a name. Like, no, that's not claiming it. That's just showing off. 
Like, I'm glad that you can digest anything, Claudia. Some of us are on <laughs> an Oneg diet. <laughs> uh, some of us are on a, a low O diet. Mm. <laughs> no, okay. This is not something I thought about. Is is there is would it is it possible that there is some blood that two vampires is like candy and some is like vegetables? So like, do even vampires have to go on diets? Oh, I imagine like, so. I mean, let's be real here. I've been on the keto for a while. If a vampire <laughs> were to bite me, he'd get real fat real fast. <laughs> Uh, do you think it's the type of blood or the type of person that would uh, that would be? I don't know. I, the, got, I gotta assume it's the blood lipids. You know, like if if your if your diabetes is not being well treated, you're probably overly sugary. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you got the high cholesterol, <laughs> so on the weekends uh, you'll you'll frequent around. Uh, I don't know, a football stadium or something where there typically is a, a decent amount of chunky people. Uh, but during the weekdays, you have to go and and feast from the gym. Where yeah. There's a lot of lean bodies. Yeah. Man, you know, I, I thought here I was, I, I got, I got, I got it in my pocket. If, if all this other shit goes south, more, more south, uh, and I think I can't hack it as a human anymore. I can just go be a vampire and just leave it all behind. But little, little did I know that even being a vampire is not perfect. Hmm. I mean, it's a real bitch if you're trying to be vegan and a vampire. <laughs> you gotta go, gotta go drink that beet juice or whatever it is. Ooh. Oh, I don't think I want to be a vampire anymore. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm a vampire is probably not the best way to go about this. The only way I can no. I can see then is that you're a werewolf, and if you're too close to the window, should the full moon arise because you're working late, you could go on a rampage and tear up the office. And so you need to be away from the window for your lycanthropy. That is a that is effective. Um, though then then they could still put you in that, that cube, you know, 29 days out of the month, which is still not what you want. I, I think we still go with the lycanthropy, but I, I think that um, we go with the angle of, oh, well, if I'm next to the window, I can see all the cars passing by. And since I am part dog, you know, by, by some stretch of the imagination, uh... I will be distracted by the cars all day long and I'll never get any work done. I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. So that's not a good toxic. Idea. That's <laughs> toxic werewolfery. And <laughs> I think, I think the werewolves can control themselves, Derek. I don't think we should, we should be catering to their <laughs> archaic desires to not ever see a car. I, I'm sorry. I did not mean to be lycanthropist that, that's not me talking. That's that's my predilections. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll be more be more woke on the uh, on the werewolves. I'm sorry, Derek. We know that you're a mummy, and mummies can't help but be a little backward now and then. Ah, uh, no, I've, I've fallen mean, down the rabbit hole myself now. <laughs> Man, this is hard. 
I mean, with all the toilet paper I use, I might be mistaken for a money. For, for a money? That's not a thing. For a mummy. All right. You want to go to an audience question? Let's do or, it. See me. Nope, nope, nope. That's not the thing. Want to go to an issue from the internet? I would like to go to an issue from the internet even better. Mm. Mm. All right. This issue is entitled, Is Celebrating Small Victories Unprofessional by the Famous Director? It doesn't say which one, but we're going to go with uh, Ron Howard. Okay. Is that famous enough for you? I think Ron Howard's pretty good. I was uh, I was going, I was thinking of Michael Bay because he celebrates uh, a lot of minor things. We are not a Michael Bay friendly podcast. I'm sorry. I it, it's it's clear by our previous episodes that we are not a Michael Bay friendly podcast. Anyway, Ron Howard says. Often when I'm coding and I crush a bug that I've been battling for a few hours, I like to throw my hands in the air and sigh a small, yes. Are these small celebrations seen by people as unprofessional? I'm a younger worker, and in the different places I've worked slash interned, doing this has received different reactions. The first of which being getting ignored, which is totally okay. Uh, another one is comments saying that my enthusiasm will die away eventually. Uh, a coworker will ask <laughs> quite legit. Uh, a coworker will ask what I did and offer me a congrats or a, a silent high five or two. Generally, these reactions have been positive and from small teams of less than 10 people. Are there any rules of thumb that should be followed in these circumstances? <sighs> like, I, I get it. I get it. You've been staring at the screen for the better part of three hours, and all you're thinking is, my God, if I don't fix this, I'm going to to not get to go, I don't know, uh, I'm going to miss my swim class or something, or I'm, I've got a reservation at the trampoline park. I'm not going to be able to, to make it unless I fix this fucking bug. Um so my avocado you, toast will get cold or whatever it is the millennials are thinking about today. No, no, no. Mul millennials are multitasking. They're having the the avocado toast while looking at code and debugging. They they can do more than one thing at once. Where it's not it's not the nineties anymore. We don't have to choose. And they're destroying entire industries while they do it. Monsters. <laughs> All of them monsters. Go on, Derek. <laughs> I mean, all those those single purpose like avocado toast warming ovens that people bought specifically to give them time to crush bugs before going to their avocado toast. And they're like, no, we don't need it. We can do both. I get it. Like being able to like finally fix something and then just feeling so satisfied with yourself. Um, I don't know if I've ever like like had like a little party in my own cube like yes like like See, like letting off like the the quietest little like uh confetti poppers or whatever like just letting off the smallest quietest one possible hooray <laughs> i've never been quite that excited all of my um, problems are generally other people so it's it's a little less cool like some people can be like yay about their their success but i can't exactly quietly celebrate to myself like fuck you janet yeah that's right because <laughs> because with yours it would be kind of uh it would be defeating the purpose 
because you just, you know, crush somebody's dreams. And it's hard to find somebody else to kind of relate to that in the moment. Um, I mean, I guess you could have like a partner in crime who was as uh, misanthropic as you were, but that's very hard to find. And, you know, you're not always going to find somebody that's on the equal playing field with that. Um, <laughs> so how, how much celebration is too much celebration? Um, do we, is there a hard and fast rule that we can say clearly is, is too much? I demand decorum in my office at all times, Derek. And I think any <laughs> celebration is undue celebration <laughs> and it will be penalized by a 10 yard penalty. First down <laughs> cubicle mate. Do they then have to move cubicles? Is yep. that how it works? Yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, to the one in the sunny spot. Oh no, and, and nobody wants that. Um, I don't have as hard a line on it. Like I, I'm fine with a moderate amount of celebration. Like there is a line where it crosses, but from like, I guess there's a couple of bad things about it. Like if if you're the guy that people like. Or, or the, the person that people like, and like you're like, ah, oh, just crush a bug, high five. And they give you a high five, and you go right back to it. No big deal. Um, if you crush a bug at like noon, and you spend the rest of the day going from desk to desk telling people how you crushed a bug, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> like you can't, you can't do one good thing a day and then talk about it to other people for the rest of the day. And feel content. That is I don't not know, allowed. Derek. That's that's how you get promotions, really. <laughs> I mean, we've discussed it before on this podcast. You're not you're not wrong. I I wish you were wrong, um, because once again, it's down to that that whole thing of like the people that are doing that are quietly doing the hardest work are getting are getting ignored, whereas the person who literally crushed one bug like probably for an entire week and then talked about it for the rest of the week. He's the person that, that people see. So management's like, he is a go getter. He crushed that bug. <laughs> Billy, he crushed. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of rounding the corner on this. I, I know that you are still a, a no, uh, no celebration whatsoever, but I think that for, career purposes i think you have to celebrate i think you have to have like streamers and banners and stuff like all that are that are ready to deploy at the push of a button so that when you crush that uh you just reach behind you and slam the you know huzzah button and like the whole floor just erupts in confetti yeah there's I, no way your boss would miss that no no we need to make sure that that it's only when the boss sees it. So what you should do is you should almost <laughs> fix the bug and then sit on that last couple of characters and, okay. and until your boss is coming into the room. And then you, you can loudly clack out the last few characters and hit the enter key. And then, boom, mission accomplished. <laughs> I, I, I like this. Uh, I am concerned that if if your boss doesn't walk by often, you might be kind of sitting there in limbo for a little while. 
I mean, so I think that's fine. You're just going to sit there with, uh, you know, most of a bug crushed for maybe three, four hours. <laughs> you're, you're, you're pulling off the last of the bug's legs, just ready to crush it. Um, I, I think there's a window. I think that you can, you can reliably go two hours, uh, just kind of flipping, you know, hitting, hitting space, hitting backspace, hitting space, hitting backspace until, you know, your boss comes by. Um, but I think if if it's longer than that, then you move on to the next bug and you almost fix it. So like, let's say your boss goes on vacation and he's out for an entire week. Uh, you, you know, he comes back on on Monday morning yeah. and you have five bugs that you crush all at nearly the same time. Now. I mean, it will become hard to walk with all the the confetti gumming up the the entire floor, but uh, it will be impossible for your boss to miss that. And uh, yeah, I think you'd be promotable material in no time. We're getting hearing loss from the air horn going off over and over totally. again. I mean, that's a given. Yeah, granted, you you got absolutely fuck all nothing done for a week, but your boss wasn't there to see it, and that's the important thing. That is the important thing. <laughs> I feel we've gotten off topic. Um, not not that, I, that what we said wasn't important, but I don't think it necessarily answered the question that was asked. How much is unseemly? Yeah, yeah. I think I think if you spike your laptop in the end zone, <laughs> that's unseemly. Those are expensive. It takes a bit. They are, and it's it's maybe if the bugs you crush are so good, like like well he you know she just saved us like fifty thousand dollars by squashing that bug. Like let her spike her laptop. That's no big deal. That's fine. That's like, what, what, like 2%? Oh, uh, yeah. This is, this. it's the Jimi Hendrix experience now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're so damn good. You're like, I fixed this bug and nothing else can be done with this. This laptop is It complete. has served its, its purpose. It has served its purpose. We are going to light it on fire. <laughs> In the middle of the aisle. Um, I'll be honest. I like this more than, than I thought I would. That, that, that really gives your office such a sense of spectacle. Uh, I think people would start like saving bugs specifically for you. So, because I'm sure they are capable, but they don't have the, the presence that you do. So they'll, they'll like get it to like the five yard line and they'll pass it over to you so that you can really just like relish that celebration and and ring in the good times and and crush that laptop. Ricky the closer. Yeah. I'm liking it. Like you are the terminator. <laughs> uh let's see. We got kind of come up with some some I don't know. I mean, you you know you know me. I'm I'm a sucker for some sort of portmanteau. So that's what I'm going for. I want a portmanteau of like, you know, computer and destruction. The laptopler? No. Laptopler's good. 
It's not. It's not bad. It's a little. It's a little silly. It's a little. <laughs> you sound like some sort of Batman villain, <laughs> the laptopler. You'll never catch me, Batman. <laughs> Who committed this code? <laughs> uh, okay, I'm warming up to the laptopler. <laughs> You sold me on the laptopler. <laughs> Can you find my build errors, Batman? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Code coverage is at 99.9%, Batman. Mm. Okay. It, it, you. I may know what I'm going for as Halloween now. Um, You're welcome. Okay, laptopler it is. The laptopler uh, it is. <laughs> laptopler uh yes so so only one one person can be the laptopler and i i'm not gonna lay claim to it because i i i have too much respect for computing hardware to do that um if somebody wants to to claim the laptopler you will have to do it quickly um because the domain name probably is uh it's gonna be a hot contest for it now but uh but you get it and you make it your thing and you can celebrate anytime you crush a bug um, well, I mean, we've already got the origin story, Derek. It's he started a hero, crushing bugs, but something made him a villain. Maybe it was the bug he couldn't crush. Maybe, maybe in searching for the bugs, he became a bug. Gaze too long into the abyss, Derek. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get somebody to do some fan art for for the laptopler. Let's let's go, let's go to an audience question. Business boys, I'm going to be quitting my job soon, outright. What should a two week oh. notice consist of? What's the best way to give notice? I'm assuming the half baked round of "fuck you, fuck you, you're cool" isn't the most professional way to go about this. Changes in Charleston. So my my first my first thought is that saying that you're quitting outright, and then following up with how should a two week notice look? That does seem to be contradictory. When I when I think of quit outright, I'm thinking get up from the table, flip over your desk, and walk out. Like that's that's what that evokes to me. Ah, okay, so. Yeah, I guess I guess there's some amount of of leeway here. Like, do you quit or do you give two weeks? Is that maybe what this person is asking? Maybe, or or are they saying I'm going to quit, but I'm going to give a two week notice and then quit on the first day of the notice, hereby doubling the effect of me quitting. That's very laptopler. Think... <laughs> we can't. We can't. We can't make this this whole episode about the laptopler. Like, <laughs> but yes, you're right. It is very much so something the laptopler would do. Um, <laughs> God damn it, Frank! I was, I was almost, I was almost over it. <laughs> Pull me back in. Okay. So we give two weeks so, notice, but then on the first day of our two week notice, we flip a table and leave. Yes. So what, what does, what does, at that point, I don't think it, it matters what the two weeks notice looks like. Um, no, no, I, I take that back. It does. You need to lay it on thick 
about how you would never leave the company in a bad spot, that you will spend two weeks working tirelessly to to document all the processes, to connect all the dots, to really lay the groundwork for somebody to come up, come behind you and pick up where you left off. You need to make them feel so secure about your leaving. So the opposite of you. <laughs> Not going to justify that with a response, Frank. Um, you left me in a lurch, Derek. A tree fell out of my house because of you. <laughs> well, I'm bitter. Look, it, uh, it technically... I mean, as far as my job responsibility, I don't think it said absorbing dark powers of the Grigri. Like, it didn't say that. Like, yes, after the fact, that is what my role became, but it's not what it said. I so, need like, a spiritual charcoal filter, Derek. <laughs> uh, I, I I get it, but <laughs> you need you need that um you, you need that otherworldly bug zapper. So when one of those like evil Grigri skeeters <laughs> starts coming towards you, it just gets drawn over to this other thing. No. Um So do you leave a do you leave a note? Do you write it on like very nice letterhead? I think so. I think that would help sell it. Like, cause just an email uh I, I think is not going far enough. Like you need these people to feel like like everything's going to be okay. But how do you write one if you're if you're so mad that you're going to quit outright? It's probably going to come across. I mean, when you're open and the salutation is dear fuckhead. <laughs> you, that is a risk. I will admit. That is a risk. Hmm. Who can you trust? Can you trust somebody to be your editor in this? Or do you just literally just like use the same derogatory word uh, whenever you're trying to be mean and then just like uh, <laughs> just replace all uh, replace all fuckheads with beloved coworkers? <laughs> and then you I miss mean, that one twit. <laughs> twit or twat. Either way. Yeah, um, when you slip up and you and you use the wrong one, and then you've just got one in there laying like a landmine in your resignation letter. Yeah, so you have to have discipline. You have to be sure that you can that you can pick one, pick one derogatory way of referring to your coworkers, and and I guess you could do some trial runs beforehand, like in your head every time you see somebody, just be like that fuckhead, that fuckhead. Um, practice it so that you, that, you, that it's, it's automatic now. Like your brain knows who, who all the fuckheads are. Um, now, but, but yes, is, is the first Discipline. day the right day to blow out? Cause I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, you've got that very short term kind of you build and then you snap the jaws shut on them. But that's right. not, that's not much of a, of a con. You know, that's just kind of a... That's a good point. It's just the... It's kind of a bird on the way out the door. <laughs> like, I'm not leaving. It's, ha, it's yes, kind I of am. a... Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a, you know, down low, pull your hand away too slow type of thing. 
not enough time for it to really hurt. Yeah, I mean, that's the quitting equivalent of you've got something on your shirt. (laughs) So, So low impact, but low effort. And that's not what we're going for here. I think you need to give... I think you need to give like a three week notice. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm, I'm for that, but, but we're just kind of like, we're kind of just moving the timeline a little bit. Now where within that three weeks is, is the going good. Well, they're not going to expect after you give a three week notice that 14 days later, you just don't show up to work. <laughs> Um, I mean, mind so, so the problem, so, <laughs> so the problem here is that like you have been served an entire two week notice, which for most things is satisfactory. You know, it, it's on them. Like, like they were the ones that were like, oh, well, we got a third week. We can kind of slow roll some of the most important stuff to the end. Um, that, that's on them, but you did then serve a two week notice. So I think we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm still going earlier. Like, so, so halfway through, so, uh, or, or halfway through the original one. So I will say first day of week two is prime time, like preferably a Monday, like walk in eight fifteen Monday morning on your, you know, your second week of your three week notice and just say, JK, I'm out bitches. And I don't know, set your desk on fire. Whatever, whatever whatever you normally do. That's, that's one way to handle it. I like that way. I'm liking that way. I'm thinking. I'm not convinced. If this person is asking how to best give notice, I think you do it in the form of a puzzle. Oh, 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 oh. So let less about uh the the general like uh social construct of it, but like the physical medium with which you deliver it. Exactly. Ex- exactly. Oh, not just not just okay. the how, but with what. And I think you mm. embed it deep in the side like one of those AR games or something where where they've got to solve <laughs> some riddles <laughs> so and not, then Okay. <laughs> So not like the lot like a like a like a hundred piece puzzle where like <laughs> the picture is on the front of the box. <laughs> yeah. At a certain point be, you can fill it in, you're giveaway. like I'm pretty sure I'm not done with the puzzle. I'm not done with the puzzle, but I'm pretty sure it just says fuck you, Rick on it. <laughs> well, well no, what what I'm saying is like on the front of the box it's got the whole thing because they need to know how to put it together. Oh uh, yeah, so there's like, that. Your cover's already blown. Yeah, no. I tried that once. It didn't turn out very well. Because I'm thinking if, so. if you do like some sort of long game, then then the amount of notice that you work is however long it takes them to solve it. <laughs> so if if you have a particularly challenging puzzle, the day that you start working there... It, you go ahead and give them the puzzle. Exactly. And, <laughs> it, and so then, like, and then I've got a problem with this. 18 months later, your boss is at the summit of Mount Everest 
and he opens the geocache that you have hidden therein. And it sets off a satellite tracker and and a an alert pops up on your phone and you just stand up and walk out of the building. Oh man. Boy. I mean that that would be spectacular. That would be glorious. But like you you've climbed Mount Everest. Like <laughs> I I've no, Isn't the I'm, commitment you know to the bit worth on. it, Derek? It is. It is. I was about to say, here I am poo-pooing on possibly the the most like commitment to a bit that has ever been. Like do you think that like all the people that are on Mount Everest that like died climbing it, that possibly they were trying to do to, to do this? I don't. I don't think it's all of them. I mean, there's there's <laughs> many tragic deaths that have occurred on Mount Everest. A lot of it having to do with the increase in like extreme tourism culture. Mm-hmm. But at least one person, at least one person, was like, "This is going to be the best practical joke in the world." And then it was turned back on them. Yeah. Yeah, you heard it here first, people. Don't climb Mount Everest for a prank. Unless you can successfully climb Mount Everest for a prank. Unless you can clown Mount Everest, indeed. (laughs) Don't make fun of me for my words. Anyway, let's go to an issue from the internet. I love it. Uh, so this one is entitled How to Tell Someone Not to Start a Business by Thomas Myron. Nothing funny about that. That's just that's just what they put. Uh, uh, old Tommy my, Myron. Man, that guy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that, that fuckhead. Uh, my Taekwondo instructor is looking to make a little extra money on the side. He's hired me to do some graphics work for him, which I'm more than happy to do, but now I'm beginning to wonder if he's done his research. The area he's looking to get into is very niche-oriented. There isn't a lot of consumer traffic, and the startup cost could be huge. I'm afraid he hasn't done his research, and it's about to sink a lot of money into something that isn't going to pan out. I want to tell him this, at least ask him if he's done his research, but I can't just come out and say that. Uh, I've only known him for six months, and then only through Taekwondo and the graphics work that I've done. We are friends, but I just haven't known him that long. Uh, I wouldn't know about his proposed business at all if it weren't for the graphics work. That being said, I don't want to see him sink a bunch of money into something that isn't going to deliver. How can I tell him what he's doing might be a bad idea? I don't want to offend him by suggesting that he doesn't know what he's doing, but I also don't want to see him sink a bunch of money into something that won't deliver. Uh, Note that I am not an expert in starting up small businesses, It's what my family does, so I know the general principles, but it's not like I've done extensive research on it. Weird ending. Um. (laughs) I think think it's brave of his Taekwondo instructor to open up a specialty cat grooming business where they just shave the cats to look like little tiny dinosaurs. I mean, it's a bold choice, but I think it may... It synergizes well with his Taekwondo experience, I think. You know, I'm really trying to fight some portmanteau for Taekwondo and cats. Like, 
I'm really distracted now. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we've really set ourselves up for failure failure because uh, I ended up liking Laptopler a lot more than I thought I would. So, like, I we, we used up all my portmanteau game. Um, if we move in the, the area of Japan, it could be Katrati. Katrati. Yeah, yes. Katrati. Yeah, I, I thought about that too. Oh, okay. So we'll, we'll we'll just just to save time, uh, we'll say that it is called Katrati, um, and, and that way that they can reuse some of the uh, some, some of the uh, stationery they already have. <laughs> they just kind of draw the T in there. Um, so then the graphics work wouldn't be terrible. I mean, the the question is, how often do you need to shave a cat into a dinosaur? Like after you after you shave it once, like it's gonna stick around for a few weeks, wouldn't you think? It it sticks around for a few weeks, but then then after they've gotten that first taste, <laughs> they're gonna be coming then, back then for more. Hooked. They're gonna be helpless. They're gonna be like, I can't stand having this cat that looks like a cat. I have to have a cat that looks like a stegosaurus. I mean, I mean, I understand, like. No, I've never had a festively shorn cat, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's a sight to behold. Uh, especially those really fluffy ones that are always like, you know, you shave them and they look like, you know, I, I don't know what they look like. They look like a shaved cat. That's a terrible analogy. Why did I start that? Man, that was... <laughs> oh, fuck. Lay the wisdom on me, Derek. Shit, that was... I thought I had, you know, it's one of those things where you start saying a sentence thinking, boy, the destination for this is probably going to be funny. And then you get there and you're like, well, it wasn't. I've just been going around this roundabout for a while now. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're in the South. We don't know what to do in a, in a roundabout. Everybody knows that. Um, okay. So if, if, if cat Roddy, uh, catch, cat shaving, with a dinosaur twist is not the the end goal here. Um, I I think you do have to. You probably do have to be honest. I, I'm trying to think about this. I I don't know how I feel about this because if if I had a harebrained idea, I feel well, harebrained. Ha. Huh? Mm, very the cat good. Thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's even funnier when I point it out. That that's how you know it's funny. But if, if I had a, a a terrible scheme like this, I feel like I'd want somebody to say that's dumb. I they didn't say anything about the podcast, though, so... No one stopped us. They had ample <laughs> opportunity. And no one stopped us. <laughs> and no one, no one stopped us. I think what you do is you say, Master Craig... Invest the money with me. And then you just pocket the money. Uh And when he gets curious about it, you say, I wanted to keep you from making a mistake with your money. So that's why I stole it. (laughs) And then the good news is he's already taught you Taekwondo so you can defend yourself. (laughs) That's what I was about to say. He's already taught you everything that he knew about Taekwondo. What's he going to do? Beat you up and take it back? Um, I mean, he could call, call the authorities, which probably the better option. Uh, 
probably probably a decent course of action. But in in the world of funny, people don't call the police; they handle it themselves. Um, Everyone knows that when you have gotten a black belt in Taekwondo from the strip mall, <laughs> you don't call the cops anymore. You are the cops. So I, you know, I I don't know if we have anybody in any listeners who are taekwondo, taekwondo instructors or aspire to be such. If you if you are, I'm very sorry for what I'm about to say. Um, I have known uh, three or four taekwondo instructors in my time, and they have all been very odd because they had started taekwondo as like a lark, like. You know, like they worked like a regular job. They're like, you know what I can do? I can teach the ancient martial art of Taekwondo. And so they go and they open up their own fucking Taekwondo studio. And it goes about as well as you'd expect. Like, it's kind of kind of shitty, a little low rent. Um, the only people in there are like toddlers and like just just other people like them that that feel they are that so far they are below their station. They, they, they have dreams of being a martial art master. Um, so I can see why this person would want a side gig because, you know, low rent Taekwondo instructor don't pay so good. Taekwondoing just isn't paying the bills anymore. I think, I think the, the, the issue here is that he's probably not leveraging his skill set. He being the Taekwondo instructor. Exactly. Okay. And so we need I'm, to figure uh, out some way for him to open a second business leveraging his Taekwondo skills. I'm listening. I, I was hoping you had something, Derek. <laughs> like, the best I've got is, like, <laughs> locksmith. Um, I mean, they, they practice I mean, splitting those boards and stuff, right? So you'd think maybe if you're locked out of the house, they could just... That's not bad. It's not as, bad. As we can tell, um, I have not I have not done much in the way of the martial arts. <laughs> I I mean I guess you could start like some sort of secondhand like sweaty uniform <laughs> sweaty uniform uh consignment shop. <laughs> Billy <laughs> Blanks has already beat you to the Thai bow exercise craze of the early or late nineties. Mm-hmm. But then did he start a a uh, Billy Blanks Tybo secondhand sweaty uniform consignment shop. I don't. I don't, I don't think, think he so. has that. That's definitely a place where you could where you could get in on it. Maybe if there's if there's one thing that I am I am a professional at, it is sweating in a uniform. Why does that sound weird? Like I know it's weird, but why does that sound weirder than I thought? Like, that sounds that sounds nefarious. Like I don't not, know how. We don't want to know about your kinks, Derek. Whatever you do in a uniform is between you and God. We ain't here to yuck any yums. Uh, any uniform you sweat in, doing whatever you want to do, that's fine. Um, I think I think you open up a small cafe, and you can okay. call it Master Craig's. Taekwondo. Joe. <laughs> so that's that's good. That's good. 
Um, now, now let me ask this. Are you opening this to spite him or are you saying that he should do this? No, that's what I'm saying. This is what master Craig should do. No, no. Well, well, I think that the opposite, the other one is actually just as funny. Like not only is, are, are you saying you shouldn't do the thing, but then you, you steal his idea and open up his Taekwondo uh, coffee shop and you taunt him. <laughs> and once again, you've already, he, you've already learned Taekwondo. So uh, he can't, he can't come and take the property from you or, or it could turn into like a, a multi, a, a multi movie franchise of him trying to take back his Taekwondo from you. Then, then you're just one-upping each other. You're across the street from one another. He opens up Cat Roddy. You open up Taekwondo. <laughs> he expands um, from cat grooming into a cat cafe. Jiu-jitsu. Uh, and then you have uh, Jujo. Not not a great wordplay, but but you're running out of martial arts. You could open up Cremdo, a bakery. <laughs> uh huh. Brazilian wax jitsu. <laughs> That's a terrible martial art. It's the art of snatching small strips of paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm trying so hard. My 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 portmanteau game or my wordplay game is not good today. Because I've been sitting here for no joke, thirty seconds trying to think of something with Krav Maga, and it's just the, the thing is like it's not necessarily that I'm that I'm terrible at wordplay today. It's just I'm setting my my sights too high. <laughs> like I I had to I had to kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel with Jujo. Um, I knew it was bad, but it's all I could come up with because I was so distracted with making a wordplay with Krav Maga. Hmm. Improv Maga. You can open up an improv studio based on martial arts improv comedy. Knowing improv people as I do, this would probably go over well. <laughs> All right. So if this whole thing doesn't work out, then improv Maga is, is our next venture. I'm liking it, Derek. I think we should probably workshop this one a little bit. Probably so. So, Want to punch, punch the, the clock? clock? <laughs> oh, wait. That's a martial artist joke. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, punch. The... <laughs> Chop the clock. <laughs> but really, it's understanding that there is no clock, Derek. <laughs> so we wrapped around to, to Matrix. That's good. <laughs> All right. Before we go, please send us your questions. Uh, we need those questions. We, we subsist on a slurry of blended up questions that, frankly, we, we need a lot. Um, they're not going down so smooth anymore. Our blender is not doing a good job. So we need a little extra to, to pad it out a little bit. So send us those questions to questions at WLICast.com. Um, if you want to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash WLICast and become a patron. Uh, get yourself some cool swag if you are so inclined. Um, check out our website, WLICast.com, where you find links to our social media, merch store, and 
uh, eventually some work-life balance-related news. Uh, just reiterating that we are, we have now switched to a, uh, as the great Frank put it, a fortnightly schedule. So we're releasing every other Friday. That's a good um, word, we're, Derek. We're, I I mean it's 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 better than biweekly, which is confusing because it does leave the ambiguity the ambiguity of is it twice a week or every other week? So exactly. Then they it. could be, they could be wondering where their second episode a week is coming in. And we're already overworked as it is. Right. I have a tree. Um, I have to get off my house. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I haven't offered to help, but my, my hands are, are so tender and, uh, I, I need them for coding. So I can't, can't have them full of splinters. I'm sorry. Uh, and please do us a solid and tell your friends about the show. You'll be instantly more popular with your coworkers or your money back. Or at the very least, we will appreciate it. This has been the Work-Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I am Master Improv Maga Instructor Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you. <sighs> Improv Maga. I felt like I felt like there was another another Krav Maga in there somewhere. What I should have done is instead of focusing on Krav Maga, just write down like all the all the martial arts that I knew and just go down the list and pick off the, the low hanging fruit. Yeah, that's what but you got to do. It's not what we do here, Frank. It's, <laughs> we go for we go for quality comedy at all costs.